welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Welcome once again. My name is Melissa. My husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church, and I would love to meet you in the lobby if I haven't had a chance to yet. And if you're new this morning, I want to say a special welcome to you for joining us for the first time. Um, And also that you came on a great Sunday because we are kicking off a brand new series called Lead the Way. Lead the Way. If you're on our revival squad, which is what we affectionately call anyone who serves on any team and any capacity, it's our servant leadership team. Shout out to our revival squad in the building. Every fall we have a kickoff, and it's a super important night where we get to come together and gather as servant leaders, as a family of believers, and we have prayed and sought the Lord for vision for the future. How do we get empowered and equipped for what you're calling us into? And so if you were here or at the rally on Wednesday night, you would have heard this sneak peek that God's really leading us to lead the way. And so we're rolling out this new series. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. What you're searching for, I am. In fact, his first followers were called followers of the way. That is the way of Jesus. And we believe That here at Soul Revival Church, that God is leading Soul Revival Church, this family of believers, this community into greater realms of influence and impact in our homes, in our families, in our friendships, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our community, in our city, and beyond. Beyond the walls of our church. And he's calling us to lead the way. And as he's inviting us to lead the way for ourselves, he's also inviting us to lead the way for others, to discover a deeper connection, a more meaningful communion with him. But before we can lead the way of Jesus, we first have to learn the way of Jesus. Amen? Before we can lead the way of Jesus, we first need to lean in and learn the way of Jesus. So over the next few weeks, we are going to be unpacking what it looks like. Not what the world says it looks like, not what modern Christianity says it looks like, but what it truly looks like to be a follower of the way, to be a follower of Jesus, to have a deeper connection, a more meaningful relationship with him and learn his way for every single one of us. Everything that we do flows out of everything that we are. Everything that we do flows from our being. So if the state of our being is not healthy, then what comes out of our lives is not going to be healthy, is it? It's going to be coming from an unhealthy place, an unhealthy soul. And that's why it's so important And we feel God leading us to take the time and to learn how to get healthy. How to get healthy emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Because it's all connected. It's all intertwined to our spiritual maturity, to our growing up in Christ. 
It all stems from our being. So today's title, if you're taking notes, is to be or not to be. To be or not to be. See, Jesus modeled for us how to do from a place of being first and foremost with the Father. Before his ministry, he spent 30 years in obscurity and hiddenness, spending time with his father, being prepared for the ministry he was to launch. After he was baptized, he, was go- he went out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be prepared in the hiddenness with his father. Before he called his 12 disciples, he prayed and spent time discerning the will of his father. And when he did call the 12 disciples and the 72 disciples, before he sent them out into the world to do anything, he first invited them in to relationship. He invited them in to walk with him, to be with him, to learn his ways. To be or not to be? That's the question that we're asking today. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the wisdom that you give us. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that makes your word come to life. And I pray that you would help me to speak your word and that I would get out of the way for whatever it is that you want to do this morning. That you would draw us closer to yourself. That you would remove every distraction from our mind and from our heart and from this space and that we would press in to your presence here in this moment and that we would lean in and learn and grow from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So this morning, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to be starting at verse 38. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. There's a free Bible app that you can use, and I won't be judging you if you're on your phone. I'll assume that you are in the Word of God. It's okay. Or it's on the screen. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. This is a common story, I feel like. I heard it a lot growing up in Sunday school of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, these two sisters and their experience with Jesus here in this moment, I think that it's a simple story, it's a common story, but I don't want to miss the profound power of what God is speaking to us today through it. It begins, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Everyone say distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus, and I see her with like this attitude. She came over to Jesus, and she's like, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister is just sitting here while I do all the work? I can say it with such sass because I think I've said it like that before. Tell her to come and help me. Tell her to get up off her butt, sitting there at your feet, and come and give me a hand. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, and in my head I hear Martha, 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 you are worried and upset over all of these details, but there is only one 
thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken from her. What's spilling out from our girl Martha here? (laughs) I mean, everyone's bumping into her happy right now in this moment, right? (laughs) She's distracted. The word says she's distracted from Jesus. She's working hard. She's doing what she thinks she needs to do. She's exhausted. She's bitter. She's easily angered. She's easily offended. She's resentful in this moment and frustrated. The overflow of her heart, the state of her being is evident. What she was doing was flowing out of an unhealthy state of being. See, she had invited Jesus into her home. Her intention up front was good. Jesus, come on in, sit down. I want to prepare a meal for you. But she neglected to prioritize spending time with him and enjoying his presence. She had her own agenda. She had her own plans. And her heart and her mind were so distracted from the very most important thing in that moment. And that was spending time in the presence of Jesus. In fact, we see that the only time that she actually turned to Jesus to acknowledge that he was there, even though she knew he was there, was to complain. Was to tell Jesus what she thought she needed and what he wasn't doing for her and what she wanted and how she wanted him to do it. She was missing the moment. She was missing the gift of the presence of Jesus, her Savior, her Messiah, sitting in her home. Even though she had invited him into her home, he was not given the priority in her heart. And the overflow of her being wasn't marked by the fact that she was sitting there in Jesus' presence. The overflow of her being was marked by anxiety and frustration and bitterness and exhaustion. Her soul was so distracted from the main thing, the most important thing. And if we're honest, I think that most of us can relate pretty heavily to Martha here. Can't we? We invite Jesus into our lives, but we neglect the very gift of his presence. We invite him in, but we continue on doing our own thing, our own plans, our own agenda, what we think is the most important thing. We fill our lives so full of distractions. Even in our downtime, we're distracted, scrolling mindlessly on our phones. There's not a moment of peace, it feels like, on most days. We live our lives so full of these distractions, whether self-inflicted or others in inflicting it on us, that we fail to prioritize the most important thing, and that's sitting down, slowing down, and spending time in the presence of God. Instead of our souls being marked by his presence, they're marked by distractions, just like Martha. And we end up feeling much the same things as Martha, don't we? We've all had those days where we wake up and we hit the snooze button a few too many times. 
So now we're already running late. We had the best intention to start our day with God, but you know what? He's going to have to wait. Maybe I'll talk to him on my drive to work. Then, because you're running late, you're hidden in traffic, and you forget all about it. He's put to the side. You go from one meeting to the next, from one conversation to the next, school drop-off, school pickup, practices, all the things. And then finally, at the end of the day, you're exhausted. Where did your time go? You lay your head on your pillow, and you know what? You know you've had a whole lot of feelings throughout the day. Most of them not good. And you've had a whole lot on your mind. Most of it is producing anxiety. And because you're so tired and because you're so empty, you lay your head on your pillow at night, you don't want to think those things. You don't want to feel those things. So what do we do? We put on Netflix. I mean, that's what I sometimes do. We put on Netflix. We put on something. We do something to distract ourselves even more, to numb the things that we're feeling. We don't want to have to process that. We don't have time only to wake up in the morning to the Netflix screen saying, are you still there? Are you still watching? And hitting the snooze button, and then you do it all over again. It's this crazy cycle that we choose to live on. And how do we know that we're neglecting the very presence of God in our life? Because we're living frustrated. People are bumping into our happy all day long. We're easily angered. We're easily offended. We're bitter. We're resentful. We're marked by all the distractions and the things that are taking away from our soul and not the God who wants to meet us in the middle of it all. But Jesus offers us a better way. He didn't scold Martha. He invited her to better. He invited her in. He let her know, hey, you're missing the most important thing. You're missing me. And there's a better way. He said, my dear Martha, you're worried and you're upset over all of these details. Your mind is full of all of these to-do lists and things that you think you have to accomplish. Your heart is cluttered by all your feelings that you're not choosing to take time to process with me and the Holy Spirit. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Are you sitting with me? Are you inviting me in? Are you enjoying my presence? Being with Jesus, learning to be with Jesus, learning to practice his presence is the only thing that we need to truly be concerned about in any given day. Because when we can get that right, everything that we do will flow from a healthy state of being, having been first with the Father. When we learn to slow down and be with Jesus on a regular basis, our activity for God, our activity for others, serving and loving people well in all parts of our life are going to be marked by the gift that he gives us in his presence what we do will begin to flow out of a deep, loving communion and relationship with God. See, our being with Jesus will change and transform the state of our being, which in turn transforms the way that we do all that we do. 
I have a couple points today. It's going to be, like I said, it's simple, but it's profound. And before I get into these points, I just want to invite the worship team up. What does it look like to be with Jesus each day? How do we practice his presence? Two ways, simple but powerful. We need to decide to be present in his presence. We need to decide to be present in his presence, and we need to be listening to his voice. I told you it sounds kind of easy, but it's a little challenging and so powerful and will transform the way that you spend your time with God each and every day. We have to decide to be present in his presence. We have a hard time, don't we, being present in the moment feels like life just is flying by sometimes and we're going from one thing to the next to the next. Not only that, but like I said, we have so many distractions. Right there on our phone, we we have everything that we could ever need or want to look up or to talk to or scroll through and get updates on social media, whatever it might be. It's hard sometimes. We see those people on date nights at the dinner table, both of them on their phone, We don't know how to be fully present with the people that we're with. And so that translates to we don't know how to be fully present in the presence of God. A week and a half ago, our boys started school. And it's their first day of school at their new school. And I was so excited to hear from them and, like, what their day was. I was nervous. We got through the pickup line. And... It happened to be that they were sent, it's the first day, so they were working out kinks. They were sent somewhere else on the other side of the building to be picked up, and we were sent somewhere else. So we were there like a half hour later than we needed to be. Anxiety was a little high because I'm like, where are my children? (laughs) Like, it was just a moment. Finally got a hold of Matthew on his phone, and he made his way to us, and he's had so much to say. They both, all three boys did. They got in the car, and not only was tension high and anxiety was high because they were worried, like, where's my parents? And we were worried, like, where's our kids? We came together, and it was just like, my house is chaos anyways most of the time. But in this car ride, it was next level. Everyone was talking. Everyone wanted to share, and they were fighting because now they cut someone off, and it was just a whole thing. And I knew in that moment that... What they needed from me as their mom was to be able to be present and give them the time and attention that they each needed to be heard and to be seen. So I said, wait, pause. Let's hit the reset button. I made them make a noise as they did it so that it lightened the mood a little bit. And when we got home, I set a timer for each boy. I said, you have 10 minutes undivided time, undivided attention. I want to sit with you. We turned off all technology, all distractions, put our phone to the side. And I got into a posture ready to hear what they had to say face to face. And the way that they lit up was transformative because I realized 
by being present in this moment, fully engaged, fully present, distraction-free, how powerful that was from my soul and their soul. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. We don't know how to be still. We don't know how to be fully present. That's why it's called practicing his presence. Because every day we get the opportunity to put this into practice, to get better at it every day. Because here's the thing, with Mary and Martha in that room, Jesus was speaking. He was there. His presence was known. But only one of them made the decision to be still before the Lord and to lean in and to give him their full attention, fully engaged, hanging on every word. Mary made the decision to prioritize being with Jesus above anything else that she could possibly have done in that moment. She postured herself, she positioned herself She decided in her spirit, nothing in that room was going to distract her from her savior who was there right in front of her speaking and teaching to her. What does that look like for us? It looks like giving God our first and our best. It looks like making a decision the night before to start our day in the presence of God, to remove all distractions from our life in those moments. Maybe you have to tell your family, hey, this 10 minutes, this 15 minutes, I'm gonna be with Jesus and it can't be interrupted. Our time with God has got to be a decision to take priority over everything else. We have to choose, you know what I do? I put my phone on airplane mode and put it in a different space. So I'm not even tempted by the distractions and the notifications and someone who might call because nothing is more important in that moment than sitting in the presence of Jesus and being made aware of him in the room. And that's a prayer that I've been praying for many years now because we all know or I hope we know that God is with us wherever we go. He promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us. We're two or more gathered, there he is. His presence is in this place. But there's a difference between acknowledging, yeah, God's here. I talk to him here and there throughout my day. There's a difference in that and then saying the prayer, God, would you make me aware of your presence? Would I not miss a moment with you and what you're speaking and what you're doing? See, Mary, she recognized her need to be with Jesus above anything else in her life. So she sat at his feet. She removed all distraction and she leaned in to listen to his voice and his teaching. And that leads me to the second point. We always have to be listening to his voice. Jesus said in John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice 
I know them and they follow me. So often, we may welcome Jesus in to our home, to our lives, but not into our heart. We welcome him in, but we don't ever let him speak. We don't let him speak into the things that he wants to do and work on within us. We don't wanna hear his conviction. We don't wanna hear his challenge. We don't wanna hear his encouragement. We don't wanna receive his forgiveness. We don't want truth. So we might let him in, but our hearts are truly not engaged in listening. See, Mary and Martha, they were in the same home. Both welcomed Jesus in. And Jesus was speaking, but Mary was the only one who caught what he was saying. In fact, Martha cut him off to speak at him. And she missed what he was teaching. She missed the moment. So what do we need to do to be listening to the voice of God? What does that look like when we get in his presence and we decide this time is gonna be my first and my best part of my day? To be in the presence of God, to be fully engaged and fully present at his feet. It looks like silence. And this is really hard for most of us to be still and to be silent before the Lord. It's not something that we're typically good at, is it? But it's in our silence before God that we can finally hear him speak. Think about it. In any conversation with anyone, if you were talking the entire time, how would you even begin to listen to what the other person was saying? How do you build relationship like that? A relationship with Jesus is a two-way street. It's a two-way conversation. And so often we only turn to him when we think we need something or when we want him to do something for us, but he's not a genie in a bottle. He's a friend of sinners. He's a savior. He wants to come alongside us. He wants to build relationship with us. He wants to talk to us and listen to us. But how can we listen if we're always the ones talking? It's in those moments of silence and stillness before God, when you let him, he will minister to the depths of your soul. You don't even need to say a word. The burden that you come in with, the things that you're carrying, the frustration. I think of Martha and she's just so bitter and so angry. And Jesus said, no, just come and let me speak into that. Let me be what you need me to be, not what you think you need me to be. And when we get in his presence and we get in tune with his Holy Spirit, and we give him the silence that he needs, the space that he needs to truly speak into the places of our heart that need it the most. Watch what he will do. Let him be God and us not have to be. See, practicing his presence, being present and fully engaged practicing listening to his voice each and every day 
it will transform your inner being. It is exactly what you need in this world full of distractions and rushing around and one thing after another. When you lay your head at night on your pillow and you are so full of anxiety and bitterness and you can't even begin to process what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. This is exactly what you need. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and spend time with me. Come and let me minister to your heart. Come to me and learn my ways. Because my ways are higher than yours and my ways are better than yours. Let me teach you what it looks like to actually walk in relationship with me. Following Jesus and learning his way so that we can lead the way isn't a one-time decision. We don't just welcome him into our lives like Martha did and then leave him over there in the other room. We carry with us in relationship with Jesus the very presence of God into every place we go. Every uncomfortable conversation, every work meeting, every home every dinner table, wherever we go. If we are tuned into the Holy Spirit, we actually get to see God at work in every one of those areas. It's a daily decision to make, to prioritize Jesus above everything else. It's countercultural, but it's a daily decision that we, may, we must make to spend time with him, enjoying his presence. I think that's the key. I think we're missing it. It's not a checklist. I read my Bible, I journaled, I prayed. Let's get on with our day, do what I wanna do. It's just being in his presence for the sake of being in his presence and sitting in awe of his love and his glory and his majesty and the forgiveness and the grace that he offers us. It's inviting him in to be God in our life. And maybe you're here today and you've not yet made that first step, that first decision to step into a relationship with Jesus because it's different than a religion. It's not all these things that we do. It's a state of being being in relationship with our Savior. I want you to know this morning that Jesus loves you and that above all else, he wants a relationship with you. He sees where you're broken, where you're hurting, where you're tired, where you're frustrated. He sees where you're angry and disappointed. And he wants to step in to your life and he wants to walk with you in relationship and he wants to transform your entire being from the inside out. In his sacrifice out of love, he died for every single one of us on that cross. He took on the penalty of our sins and our mistakes and everything that would have separated us from God. He took that on for us so that we can step into relationship with him, so that we can be forgiven and set free. And then he died, or he rose again three days later to give us new life. 
eternal life, eternal salvation. And that's the gift that he offers every one of us today. And in just a moment, I wanna give an invitation. So if you're in the room today, maybe it's the first time you're stepping into relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've been running from God and it's time to come home. It's time to come back into relationship with him. This moment is for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to know that in this space, God is here. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make your presence known. That you would make your presence known in an undeniable, tangible way. That you would speak and minister to every heart in this room. You know what they came in with. You know the burdens that they have. You know the ways that they've been running. You know the feelings that they've been carrying. And God, I pray in this moment that you would, in the silence of this space, step into it with them. Speak to their heart. I pray that your voice would be louder than every other voice and every distraction right now in Jesus' name. I pray for hearts that are hardened and hearts that are far from you right now, for the walls to be torn down by the power of Jesus Christ in this place and that they would begin to be ministered by the power of your presence here with them. pray for every heart and every life. I pray, God, that your power would be made perfect in our weakness. I pray, God, for those that feel that they don't deserve it, that they would receive your forgiveness today in this place, that they would say yes to a relationship with you. And if that's you in this place with every head bowed, every eye closed, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand not to call you out, not to single you out, because I wanna pray over you and your life and your relationship with Jesus in this place as you make a decision to follow him and to let him lead the way of your life. One, two, three, raise your hand high. If that's you in this place, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, I pray over every hand that's raised. I thank you for the power of your presence. I thank you for the ways that you love us and forgive us and transform our lives. I pray that in this next step in their life, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them and that they would find enjoyment and power in your presence that they would hear your voice above all else and that they would receive the forgiveness of their sins. God, you said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you're saved. And so I believe that for every single hand that was raised today. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those lives that have chosen today the best thing that they could have ever done and that's step into relationship with Jesus. 
Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.